0: Broadcasting from USA Swimming's headquarters at the Carolyn Dirks Building in Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's time for Kick Set. Join three-time Olympian, Elizabeth Beisel and US National Team Director of Performance, Matt Barbini, as they host members from the USA Swimming community, ranging from age group to Olympic levels of the sport. Hi, everybody. And welcome to the kick set podcast. My name is Matt Barbini. I'm the director of performance for the USA swimming national team and joining me as always lifeguard extraordinaire <laughs> and three-time Olympian Elizabeth Beisel. Beisel, how are you? How I is love the that lifeguard comes <laughs>
1: before like Olympian, <laughs> like that is by far my biggest accomplishment, <laughs> but it is actually the most serious job that I've ever had to be honest. Like when you're at the Olympics. I mean, you're just swimming fast. Like you're not saving lives. You're not really doing that much for like the world. Um, So even just at like my small town beach in Rhode Island, like when I show up to work, I have to be on, like, I have to like be very alert and aware and attentive. Um, But the season's over now. So I'm sad, but that still doesn't mean that I'm not going to the beach like every day. Um, And I'm lucky to be a part of an open water group. And it's all master swimmers. Like nobody races. It's all just for fun. <laughs> um, and so I still do that about four or five times a week. So that's been fun. Um, yes. But wait, Barbini, you are finally back stateside. How was doing the pool? Yeah.
0: Duel in the pool was awesome. So different than what we normally get to do. I mean, we don't really do dual meets at the national team level. and We definitely don't do dual meets like this with weird scoring and unique events and all these like opportunities to double your score, cost yourself half score. It was really cool. It was, um we never really get to do like in-game strategy or reaction or anything like that. It's like, we put together a relay lineup and that's kind of it. And we have to watch how it plays out, which is super exciting, but there's not a lot of like, once the session starts, it's just kind of going and we're just hoping that it works out um and that the athletes you know do everything that they normally do in this we had to sort of react to things in real time and we were able to kind of game out what was going to happen and it was great um i think we had a little bit of an advantage just because our coaching staff is very familiar with dual meets and they're from colleges college careers and um they don't really have that um they also were like back in Australia for like 10 minutes after com game. So I think that might <laughs> help us out. A little have bit like too. Some yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we paid a little more attention to preparing for it than they did, but it was awesome. I mean, there, it was a little unbalanced, like their women's team was really, really strong, but their men's team wasn't quite as strong and we were sort of the inverse, um, but we came out with the win. We still have not lost to Australia and a duel in the pool. So, um, was happy to keep that streak going and anytime going down there, I mean, it's such an awesome country and super fun to visit. Always oh, the
1: rivalry is awesome. I I was really yeah enjoying the tasteful like smack talking between both teams like online I was like I'm living for this this is so (laughs) fun
0: yeah I loved ours with the the dolphin in the eagle's mouth which I thought was really good but then the smash guitar one that they did was pretty good too they uh the back and forth was was fun and the crowd I don't know if you watched any of it but it they like filled the old Olympic pool there was probably like eight, 9,000 people there, um, for the first Perfect. session on Saturday night, which was crazy. I mean, there was, and they like knew what was going on. They're really good swim fans down there.
1: I mean, that's Australia for you. That's like yeah. their sport. So yep,
0: for sure. Awesome.
1: Well, happy Sweet. to have you back.
0: Thanks. To- Did you make any rescues? I just got to go back to the lifeguard. Oh. Did you actually have to pull it <laughs> back to out? more
1: important things? No. <laughs> um, I had one assist all summer Okay, and nice. so I, I'm not going to get into the weeds, but yeah. the person was fine, but pretty, pretty much we're taught to be a preventative lifeguard. So if, when in doubt, you go out and yeah. nine times out of 10, the person's like, oh yeah, I was just like <laughs> waving to my friend. And you're like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to do my job over here. But no, it was it was a calm summer, which is what you want. Like you, you don't right, want yeah. rescues at all, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, all right. So today's guest, uh, is someone that you are very familiar with as a friend, teammate, colleague, um, your career is kind of tracked with each other. Um, it's Leah Smith. Um, she had an awesome year this year, but has also obviously had an awesome career. Um, this year, she was named a team captain at worlds, won two medals, and then came home and topped it all off winning a two IM national championship, um, in Irvine. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she was named to the 2223 national team, which is a yearly occurrence for her, but she qualified in five events, which is, uh, no small feat, the uh, three freestyles, two through eight, and then the 200 and 400 IM. Um, and then she wrapped up her season with, uh, a trip to 2022 junior Pampax, which is kind of, a interestingly, where I met Leah for the first time. So my first team trip and her first team trip were the same. It was, uh, 2012 junior 2012, Yeah, when, when, uh, when she was, brand new to the national team system. Now she's like one of our most veterans. Um, and of course she was recently nominated for two golden goggles, a perseverance award, and then, um, relay of the year as part of the women's four by two, which won gold in Budapest. Um, so we wanted to bring her on to talk about her season, her leadership, um, life on the national team and all of that. So, uh, let's bring her in Leah. Welcome to the Kickset podcast.
2: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here.
1: Leah, I'm going to try to contain my excitement for everybody at home because (laughs) I don't want to sound too biased, but you're one of my favorites. Um, We go way back. So I think it's like confident to say that you were one of the only athletes that went literally from worlds in June, nationals in July, Pampax in August. How many miles do you have? How are you feeling? Have you gotten a break since all of that travel and just like a whirlwind of a summer?
2: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a really packed summer. But before the summer, I sat down with my coaches and planned all of it out. So we had a really good plan for everything. And that really helped me to manage it all. But it was definitely a ton of travel, Croatia, Budapest. I had some vacations in there. I went to Mexico. So I, I have taken a break. It, it felt really good. It took about a month off. So I've been back in the water for about three weeks now and yeah, I'm, I'm back and have kind of a renewed, um, zest for the season. So I'm excited.
0: Let's, uh, let's kind of start at the end with junior pan packs. What was it like to 10 years later kind of revisit what was your first trip and kind of your launching point for this, this very successful international career you've had? What was it like to go back and and see it from the other side, um, and kind of re-experience a lot of that?
2: Yeah, it was super cool for me. And one of the reasons why I said yes to the trip, I felt like that was sort of my launching point into my USA Swimming career. And I had a really great time helping a lot of the junior team athletes start their journey um, for USA Swimming. And it was definitely a special moment for me, just 10 years Later, same meet, same pool. Um, and yeah, I had I had a great time just like reflecting on how long it's been and just how how much has gone on in the past 10 years. And so that was really special for me to get to be a part of that.
1: How cool is it for you to see like your old self in those athletes from 10 years ago, but now look in the mirror at your current self and be like, wow, I'm now captains of these national teams, you know, look how far I've come. Like, do, do you ever kind of let that sink in and take a moment to really appreciate what you've done for the sport?
2: Yeah. Well, mostly all I could think about when I was talking to the teens on the junior team was that they, I was like, these kids have it way more together than I did when I was a teenager. <laughs> I was no really, way. Them. yeah. I was like, they're so mature and they just have it together. Like I was just imagining myself amongst them and kind of laughing about that just because I feel like I've learned so much in those 10 years. And I, I was just having a a good time, like spending time with them and like teens are really funny, honestly. So that, that was a highlight for me it was just like I'm, I'm I've seen some of these junior teamers names in the heat sheet gotten to race a few of them, but in that setting, you don't really get to know them. So being on their turf and where they were being silly, being themselves was really fun for me. Cause that's what makes this sport fun for me still at 27. So it was fun to see teenagers doing that again and remind myself why this sport was fun to begin with too
0: so yeah speaking of the silly side we uh on the USS swimming next gen instagram saw a bunch of tiny mic interviews can you uh yeah. tell us what those were and uh one you know was it really fun where did the idea come from all of that and then two um, you were pretty strongly against the concept of water being wet. So, can you, uh, can you go ahead and defend that?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, shout out to the social team, Kyle and Will, for coming up with the idea for the tiny mic interviews. I've seen them on social media. Sometimes people will just freelance some tiny mic interviews, they're really funny. So, I was pumped to get to do that with Zach Harding. And We basically just took this little tiny mic, interviewed junior teamers, interviewed people on other teams, spectators, officials, and we were just having a lot of fun coming up with really interesting questions. And yes, is water wet was one of them. I think I had a strong opinion um, because that question has sort of been in the discourse for five years or so. So I just, I didn't have time for that, you know, back and forth. I was like, water is not wet because water is what makes things wet. So geez. anyway, I couldn't, I didn't want to get into it. Cause I just, I already knew the answer. I'm
0: like trying to think of my argument. This is still a serious subject here. Right, like I'm like, how like, firmly held belief. Well,
2: this. <laughs> and I think that it goes with the um, doors versus wheels thing. Like I'm, you know that a few months back there was do you, are there more doors than wheels in the world right so i was a wheels girl and i just won't give up on that but it's kind of the same like i have a strong opinion on it
1: <laughs> i kind of appreciate the wheels thing because if you think about a car each one has four.
2: Oh yeah and people be- will people will go back and forth with you i think katie grimes and bella were doors we actually did that on one uh USA Swimming social thing. So, I've already gotten <laughs> into it with them.
1: This is actually what happens behind the scenes on trips yeah. like These are Yeah. We're not talking about splits These are hard or hard like, hitting
2: no. questions. People yeah, think yeah. that we're dissecting race strategy. <laughs> But really, that's what
0: no. we're doing on the bus. Yeah, you're like arguing about do the, a number of doors on houses make up for the fact that there's twice as many wheels on oh, exactly. cars as doors.
1: Welcome to the USA Swimming National Team camp.
0: Yeah, this is it. This, <laughs> this is, is a little, it. little bit of swimming.
1: Yeah. So speaking about. of like conversations and stuff, Leah, it, aside from like crazy scenarios like that, was there any anyone at Junior Packs or any conversation that really stuck out to you that you felt like, you were able to make a difference for them and mentor them in a way that you maybe wish that you had when you were that age. Definitely. I, I think that's
2: where I function best is in those scenarios where someone needs advice and I can sort of lend a helping hand. And I think you only get that when you're in the moment. I can't, a lot of times I can't give some kids advice that it will just be what I've gone through it wouldn't resonate the same. Um, So I think there were definitely moments during the meet where I noticed that someone needed some words of encouragement or needed some help with something. And I left the meet feeling excited that I was able to give back in that way because I loved our junior team uh, or national team reps um, on my trip to Junior Pan Packs. And I remember they had such an impact on us. We had Madison Kennedy and Aaron Pearsall and it was just so epic. We just like really admired them. And so I was hoping to be able to connect with the kids like they connected with us.
0: That's it's such a, a statement that you remember exactly who you're national team reps were, and like what it was like and what it felt like. I mean, this is why USA swimming brings national team reps along. It's it's like these small interactions that you have, like, there are probably moments that you talk to an athlete that you don't even remember, but that will stick with that athlete for 10 years down the road. Um, that's super awesome. And I know it's a huge part of our culture and how we pass our culture on from one generation to the next is at these opportunities to, to have that happen. Um, Let's jump back a little bit to Worlds, the slightly more serious part of the summer. For um, So you were a captain this year. What's it like to be named a captain of a, of a Team USA? Um, and what's that responsibility mean to you um, when you're kind of chosen to lead one of the better teams in the world?
2: Yeah, that was a huge honor for me, especially. I've I had been named captain before in 2018 and 2019, and then we didn't compete in 2020. And I missed the team in 2021. So I was already just happy to be back on the team. And then to help lead it was very special to me. I also got to help lead it with Lily and Natalie, who I believe it was uh, their first time being captain. So that was pretty special. And I think it's weird when you go from being 19 on your first national team so that was Packs in 2014 to then being 27 your role just completely changes I feel like so there were some in between years there where I was sort of the average age of some of the team members but this time I felt a good bit older and I I just really wanted to use that to my advantage. I knew that I had a lot of stories and advice to share with the girls. And I just really looked up to the people that led us on teams like Beisel and Katie Miley and a lot of those girls. So I following in their footsteps is very, very special to me.
1: Leah, when you're leading um, as a captain, is there, like a constant or or frequent piece of advice that you tend to give out more than something else. Um, Like for, I remember when I was captain, like walking Kathleen Baker to the ready room before her hundred backstroke. She she didn't really want any words of advice from me. She wanted me to like sing in the locker room with her and like do silly things to get her mind off Mm -hmm. of it. Like for you, like what is it that you kind of do that's Leah Smith's thing as a leader that really helps the team go from like, 99% 99% to over hundred percent.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think, I feel like something that's maybe unique to me as a leader is I'm a storyteller. That's where I thrive. And I, I just love telling stories and I'm not embellishing them, but just really telling them to their full potential. And I feel like at those huge meets, everybody is so nervous And I sort of think that if there's one thing I can do, it's just to be myself, try to make people laugh, try to make people feel loose and happy. And I feel like that's how you are too. So I've definitely uh, ripped a page out of your book. But yeah, I think that helps me sort of anchor myself, but also to make sure that the team uh, knows that at the end of the day, we are all part of this together sometimes swimming can feel very individualized and like the pressure is all on you so I try to bring the vibes to the team area everybody's stretching um and you can kind of tell when someone is really really nervous so I think I've gotten better over the years at having a good radar with that and knowing what people need knowing Uh, If if someone misses the semifinal or if someone uh, didn't get the time they wanted, just having a good pulse on things to make sure that everybody's enjoying themselves and managing their emotions, because it's it's a roller coaster eight days, as you know.
0: So continuing along with the lines with the uh, the leadership discussion are our four by two that you were a part of this year had none of those athletes you were just describing as average age. It was you and Katie on the veteran end, and then Bella Sims and Claire Weinstein on the extremely new end, especially Claire, um, that being her first um, relay that she's ever been on for Team USA at the senior level. Um, How did you approach that relay? And did you kind of think about leading those two girls those two younger girls through that process or were you just focused on like let's just win this thing
2: I I definitely had that in my mind I felt like well Bella has experience from the olympics so she was doing great and that was Claire's first relay but both of them are really young so I definitely wanted to make sure that uh Katie and I who had been on that we've been on that relay together many times since 2014 so i there was elements of that but honestly katie and bella i felt like just had it going on they were just they were happy in the ready room they were joking about like just the funniest stuff and so i was kind of leaning into that and so was katie i think we were just all having such a good time and I could tell that they were nervous, but it was almost in the best way. And they also both swam just incredibly. So I think that was just really special because you just had two ends of the spectrum, but we, we all like, I don't know. It just all worked perfectly. Like it wasn't like, I, hopefully they don't think they were swimming with two old ladies Uh, (laughs) and maybe they do, but maybe they think that we're that, that it was a good time, but yeah, I think that was a really special,
1: <laughs> that was a really special. I don't
0: think that's what they think.
1: I know. I think they're like, thank God these two are here. Yeah. Like what would we do without them?
0: Yeah. they're swimming with two of the best mid distance swimmers ever. And they're like, they're like oh, man, no, it's just two old, so
1: old. <laughs> What a buzzkill. Well,
2: after, after the race, um, I put up a picture on Instagram of the relay and Claire Weinstein commented mother. So, um, oh no, <laughs> just, you know, as a friendly banter, but I, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I had, I had a great time with those girls. It was such a blast.
1: That's so cool though. Like I love when like Leah, your transformation from like newbie at junior Pampax and then your first team at 17 in 2014 to now being like mother, I'm not even going to say grandmother, but like how cool to look at how far you've come. And for me, like if I'm Claire or I'm Bella, I'm stoked to have you and Ledecky on a relay. You know, like I know that even if I am nervous or I mess up just a little bit, like because of your experience and tenure on the national team, like you're going to pick up the slack, like you're going to do well. And I mean, they obviously shine so brightly, like they didn't even need that, but it's just the peace of mind knowing that you and Ledecky are there is probably, you don't even know it's there for them, but it is. Um, yeah, that's and that's, true. I think yeah.
2: because I was, because I'm involved, I'm not, I I'm stopping to think about how I felt when Missy and Katie were on the relay. I, and we, we talked about, that was why there was the whole peanut butter and jelly joke because Katie McLaughlin and I were like, thank God, we're just sandwiched between these two really good ends. <laughs> and that's what we said in our um, Golden Goggle speech in 2015 when we won. But yeah, I think, I think I, it's hard for me to think of being like that, but it's also really special.
0: Do you, uh do you feel like you're extra motivated to to make another team and get another captainship so you don't miss the announcement again?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need to I need to correct that. Well, honestly, the the reason why uh I missed the announcement was because um Mallory and I were just getting ready for dinner and we weren't even late to dinner. And so we walked in with our, like, really cute outfits, makeup all done up. And people are like, congrats. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And so I missed it, sadly. But, yeah, I won't do that again.
1: That's all right. There's many more tricks that that you'll be on. and Yeah. Um, Speaking about that relay and golden goggles and stuff, you're nominated again for that relay, the four by two. Um, and the Perseverance Award after an incredibly successful season this past year and a challenging 2021. What does that mean to you? What was your reaction when you found out that you're on the ballot, not once, but twice? I mean, it's, it's a huge honor.
2: Yeah, I, I guess I, I did expect that the four by two could be on the ballot. So I, when I saw that, I was like, cool, this is awesome. And then saw Katie and Bella posting all about it vote for us so that was exciting and then the perseverance award I was I guess just a little surprised by hadn't really thought of that and I think when I reflected on it I was thinking back of all of the people who have won the perseverance award and I was like have I really like struggled like I don't know I was feeling like a little unworthy of it when I when I first heard the news but I think that's kind of I've, I've sort of let the dust settle on that a a bit. And I do think that just in general life is just all about persevering. And so I think anytime we can call out people who are persevering through something and have shown strength, I think that's a great thing. And I I definitely want to see more of that. So I've definitely gone back on, Oh, I don't know if I'm worthy for this award and I want to lean into that. And because 2021 was really, really hard for me. And this felt like, I think I said to Carol a few weeks ago and we had a little meeting. I was like, I feel like I summited a mountain with what we accomplished together. So even though what we accomplished wasn't like anything that i hadn't done before it just it had so much more meaning this time so i i feel very um grateful to be nominated for to those awards and hopefully everybody votes for our relay and if you want you can vote for me for perseverance award or you can vote for someone else <laughs> but our relay, you have to vote for that so
0: of course. <laughs> it's nice of you to give them options for yeah, right. you, no, Only if you want. <laughs> yeah. I think so I, I perseverance. And the award around it, I think is one of those things that I'm not sure anybody ever looks at it and is like, yep, that's me, you know, because you're kind of going through the process and you're sort of living your life day to day. Maybe it doesn't appear like in the mirror that you're necessarily persevering. But when we were talking about nominees for this, you were one of the first names that came to my mind just because it's really hard to miss an Olympic team and then bounce back and and have the kind of year that you had. So whether you feel like you deserve it or not, you, you certainly do deserve the nomination.
1: Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And um, I appreciate, I, Oh, sorry, Barbini.
0: No, go ahead. Basil. No,
1: I, Leah, uh, I just like, appreciate you like recognizing that last summer was hard mm-hmm. and like, you don't need to say anything more than that, but that probably helps a lot of people who had a difficult year last summer and be like, Oh wow. Like, Leah's human, you know, like she's somebody that I look up to, but like that was hard for her and and that's okay because look at where she is now. So I know you're humble and maybe you don't feel totally worthy of it, but like Barbini said, like you're one of the first names that came to everybody's mind for a reason. So I hope you lean into it because you deserve that and so much more. So,
2: yeah, I think, well, last year, right after Olympic trials, I just remember thinking, that I could come back if I wanted to. I I felt like that was within my power. I was sort of thinking, I know I can make another team, but just the idea of it felt really exhausting to me after that experience at trials. So it was sort of just a weird feeling of being like, I know I'm capable of that, but I just don't know if I can do this again. And then when I did go for it, I, I think I just underestimated how much I had left to learn and how the, the process was very difficult and just how much meaning I could have gotten from it. Because going into the 2021-22 season, I knew that I was capable of that, but I learned so much more than I thought I would. And so that was really special to me. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely cherish this year. And I feel like the nomination is a, is a nod to that. So,
0: so what do you, what's your 2022, 2023 season look like? What are you looking forward to most? What's kind of on the horizon for you?
2: Yeah. So I'm going to go to two of the world cup stops, the Toronto one and the Indy one. And those should be really fun we're taking some Texas girls to the Toronto one smaller crowd. And I love traveling with those girls and our coaches. So I'm excited for that. And then, well, hopefully I get um, selected for short course world. I'm we'll see. I need to check my email or something maybe, but <laughs> um, I, if I get selected for that, I would go to that. If I didn't get selected, I would go to us open probably. And then kind of just the same World Cup prep for trials um, in the spring. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a good season, and I feel really good about my plan with my coaches. I've already met with Carol a few times and just gone through, like, my new goals
1: and new plan.
0: Basil, should we do some social kick?
1: I was. You read my mind.
0: God, oh, we're good, Barbie. We're just linked up here. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Leah, social kick. Our questions um, generated from Instagram. Um, so, these are listeners uh, or fans of yours that have questions specifically uh, that they wanted us to ask you. Um, we have four. The first is from Allie C. What motivates you to swim? That's a broad broad
2: question. (laughs) Well, I will say that if you are looking for one thing to motivate you to swim, you might need to diversify your portfolio a little bit. Uh, I think what motivates me to swim and can be different from what motivate, what might motivate somebody else. But for me, it's about continuous improvement. I think that's something that I've learned to appreciate the past year with Carol. Oftentimes, we'll finish a workout, and in the morning, it's seven thirty a.m. And she's talking to us about how, like, nothing else we're gonna do that day is going to test our limits, like what we just did, and how that's really special. And what you've accomplished right now by seven thirty a.m. is is really amazing so continuous improvement is definitely one of my big factors uh i would have to say probably up there is just relationships with my friends coaches teammates that is what has kept me in this sport for 21 years that's crazy yeah so I think those are those are my two big ones but I've I've got a few more reasons and they're also sometimes they're changing honestly I think every season you have to identify what your big motivators are.
0: Right. Uh okay so this one is from Skylar S. Do you ever get nerves or anxiety behind the block? If so, how do you cope with it?
2: Definitely, I get a lot of nerves and anxiety behind the block. Um, on the bus, when I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed. It's definitely something that I've had to learn how to manage over the years. I think for me, I'm definitely a process and routine kind of person. So I really need to anchor myself in the process and routine. And that can be anything from having a monthly plan leading up that you've executed really well. So that when your race comes, you just feel really confident because you know that you've done everything you can to prepare, but also can be something like planning out your routine of going to the pool for your race and every step of the way, what are you going to be doing? How much time do you need to talk to your friends? How much time do you need to warm up? So Process and, and routine for me are the big things that help my nerves and anxiety because I am a big believer in if you've done the work, the results are, are going to be there.
0: Great. Uh, man, these kids are firing big questions at you. This is from Emily R. How do you balance life and swimming?
2: How do you balance life and swimming? Well, I'm not in school anymore. So, it was definitely a lot more difficult when I was in school. But one piece of advice that really helped me in college was to keep your swimming separate and keep the other things in your life kind of everything in its own little box. So, when you're swimming, really trying to make sure that you're present and that that is your time to swim. And when you're in school, that is your time to be in school. It's not your time to be thinking about swimming and worrying about it all day. So I think compartmentalizing can really, really help with that. And then on the other side of just balancing life and swimming, sometimes those two things are going to bleed into each other, or your stress from one area is going to lead into each other. And so I think having things that and people that you just truly enjoy. Just having things in your life that are present just for the purpose of enjoyment is really, really important because when the stresses of life and swimming are too much, you can always go back to things that you know, things and people that you know bring you joy.
0: That is fantastic advice. Emily R., she hit that one out of the park for you. Thanks, Emily R. Uh, All right. right, Last one. Um, This is from Ashley F. If you didn't swim, what sport would you play and why?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I I've, got, I feel like I have to say the sports I did, but they didn't work out. So I feel like that's not what I would do if I didn't swim. But I did ballet and softball growing up. And so maybe I would have stuck with ballet or a form of dance, but I had a very bad attention span and I feel like dance and ballet really requires a lot of focus. Swimming is just kind of, you just keep going. It's perfect activity for a hyperactive child, but I've always admired tennis players and soccer players. So I think that if I had a do over and I couldn't pick swimming, that I might choose one of those two, because I think tennis players are just super powerful like I do really love the outfits. Um, <laughs> uh, I know that's not a good enough reason, but whatever. Um, and then soccer players are just like so cool. I've, I got to know a few of the UBA soccer players and some of them are now on the U.S. national team. And I just think they're so cool. Like I love watching them play and they're, they're really strong. So yeah, that'd be my, that'd be my pick.
0: Ballet, yeah. soccer, tennis is going to be a full training cycle for you. Yeah, that's that a, it's that's I'm a, lot. Crushed, a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Very fit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Leah, thank you so much for coming on. This was awesome. Uh, we look forward to seeing the results of Golden Goggles, where everybody has to vote for the women's four by two, but then yes, has a choice to. on <laughs> the, who they vote for on the Perseverance Award. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming on and talking with us.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I just love spending time with you guys. You guys are people that make this sport, you know, still so meaningful and exciting to me. So thank you so much.
1: Leah, you're the best. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks. (laughs) thanks again to Leah Smith for coming on. Liesl, I know you are already a fan, but she is the best. And I hope everybody listening to this appreciates how awesome she is as much as we do.
1: She is so much fun. And I said this when she logged off, but what a perfect balance of fun, lightheartedness, but also like getting deep and, you know, recognizing that last summer was really hard for her. And sometimes that's hard to say out loud and it's, you know, she's going to help a lot of people by simply just saying that. And I, I, wish nothing but the best for her. And she's an amazing leader. Team USA is so lucky to have her. And it's been, it's been really cool for me and you Barbini, because you were there on her first trip to like see the evolution of Leah Smith and see what she has turned into. And that is just like a stand-up incredible human athlete, teammate, all of the things, but yeah, one of our best for sure.
0: Yeah. And you, you hit it perfectly there because that balance of of fun and depth and substance is what she brings to the national team. I mean, her leadership is based around those relationships that she mentioned at the end. And she's so great at, at establishing those with athletes at all points of their career and the staff too. I mean, she's great for us. She's a great conduit for us to the team. She helps us understand what's going on in the, in the team dynamics, but she's also just super fun to hang out with. And that's, I mean, she's so, she's so, so valuable to, to everything we do. Um, what's next for you though? Where do you, uh, where do you go from here?
1: So I'm excited. I will be at Golden Goggles, so I'm going to like get back into the grind. I'm actually flying out to Colorado Springs this week. Um, We have some board meetings for USA Swimming, so I'll be out there, old stomping grounds. But yeah, the summer was a little slow for me, and I did that intentionally. So now I'm going to pick work back up, do some uh, clinics, public speaking, working on block cancer, Um, fun stuff, all good stuff, but mostly excited to you know, be out in Colorado Springs. Um, it's always nostalgic for me and <laughs> reminds me of those three week long camps where we never lost left campus. And, but you get so good during those three weeks. Like it's, yeah. uh, if anybody has an opportunity, please fly out to Colorado Springs and check out the USOPTC. Like it's just incredible. Um, it's such a special place. So that's kind of short-term stuff, yeah. but no, all is good. How about you? Nice.
0: We can give I'll you some, we Golden can give God you was, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'll be here this week too, but we can oh, give you like an 8,000 meter workout if you want to get back to your, uh, your roots. Up here.
1: <laughs> How long do you have?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, we've got too many meetings and things going listen, on. I don't have time to
1: <laughs> hire another lifeguard for staff that day. I can't save myself.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll keep it off the bottom. Yeah, please do. Um, so yeah, I will see you at Golden Goggles. Hopefully we can uh get somebody super cool like we did last yeah we have Tareko last week. Yeah, yeah, we're looking at our producer Kyle in the other box here. Like, hey Kyle, get on it. Time to start booking. <laughs> <laughs> um so Golden Goggles are November 21st, but remember that um A lot of these awards are selected by fan voting. So uh, make sure you head over to usaswimming.org slash foundation to cast your vote. And the deadline to do that is coming up. Uh, We have to get those votes in by September 30th. Um, So hop on it as soon as you hear this. um, And we will not force you to vote for the women's four by two like Leah did, but please do go vote for every category. And she is certainly a, a worthy nominee in everything she's nominated for. Yeah,
1: everybody go there. And, and always, of course, thank you guys for listening. Um, always subscribe, like it helps us, it helps the podcast and helps us keep bringing amazing athletes and coaches and staff to you, um, and get a little bit more intimate with people that you watch on TV, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. And we, we really have a lot of fun doing it. So we want as many people to listen to it as we can and hope that it's fun for everybody else. Um, Basil, thanks again for being here and we'll see you this week.
1: Barbini, always a pleasure. I'll see you in like three days. I'm so excited. will right. be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kickset with USA Swimming. Head to usaswimming.org for more episodes and make sure you subscribe to Kickset wherever you get your podcasts.